All right, everybody, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. On today's episode, Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens signed a massive contract. And why does that matter? Because he just happened to be drafted in the same draft as one Bowen Byram, who just so happens to be up for a contract himself. Did this set the market? We will talk about that and a lot of other things today on Locked On Avalanche. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There we go. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. And make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our youtube channel over on youtube hit subscribe get notified when a new show goes live and as well sign up for our subtext link to that in the show notes below subscribe and chat with kyle and i one-on-one all right we will get to if you're watching on youtube you can see the rundown off to the side there uh more espn talk they let go of Chris Chris Chelios, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Avs lose a coach, an AHL one, but a good one at that to the Anaheim Ducks. <clears throat> uh, but we are going to start with contracts because uh, that's kind of where we're at right now, at least for the two teams not playing, uh, outside of the two teams playing in the Stanley Cup final. Everybody's looking at what their contract situation is, free agents, all that stuff, kind of like, putting things up on the bulletin board before you can go in full bore and sign some guys for the Montreal Canadiens. They signed uh, their restricted free agent Cole Caulfield. And boy, is this a, a pretty monster deal for him an eight year deal, $62.8 million. That's a 7.85 AAV. And why do we mention that? Because that obviously is a contract that, Bo Byram's camp is going to be looking at. And we've talked, the everydayers know, we've talked a few times. What do you do with Bo Byram in this contract? Do you bridge it? Do you just go in like Montreal is with Caulfield? And uh, I I, I can't remember where you said you were, but I'm of the mind of do something like this. Uh, If you can fit it in the cap somehow, you know, you got to figure out the dollar amounts and everything like that. As far as term goes, I'm all in on Bo Byram. And I would lock him up for eight years. I have no problem doing that. Does this move by Montreal, like I said in the opening, is is this setting the market for that draft class? And your because Cole, Cole Caulfield was 16, I think, 15 or 16. Right after him was Alex Newhook, by the way. Yeah. Right after Cole Caulfield was Alex Newhook. So whatever uh, Newhook was, if Newhook was 18 and Caulfield was 17, I don't remember. Um, but does this set that market for those guys in that in that draft class and above Caulfield? Well, see, this is this is where we sit with the Bow Byram deal. Because you you want to pay him now, which I understand. I get mm-hmm. between like Cole Caulfield and Bo Byram last year, Cole Caulfield had 36 points. Mm-hmm. Bo Byram. 24 
one's a forward, one's a no, defenseman. No, no, so. no, uh, uh, no. Uh, this is right. This is not a. We're we're just we're putting that out there right now. Right. Um, Cole Caulfield had forty six games. Bo Byram had forty two. Yeah. Health is an issue with both players. Right. Bo, okay. Bo has the lingering concussion issue, and Goal Caulfield has he also has had a string of injuries. I have been the camp of Bridge Bow mm-hmm. because the Nathan McKinnon deal. We've talked a hundred million times about putting this team back together and trying to put something on the ice. And you want Bo to prove it just a little bit more that he could could you would hate for the Avalanche to go and pay seven million for a defenseman that plays half the season. But the thing is, like look, yeah, like you you look at and the numbers are what they are. But you don't sign a guy right now. Like the Montreal is not signing Cole Caulfield for his numbers that he's put up to this point. You're signing him because you feel like he's going to continue to progress. And and that contract that he just signed, he's going to earn it. Mm-hmm. You don't really look back and say like, well, this is what you've earned, especially for a guy like Cole Caulfield. And I think Bo Byram is exactly in that camp. Sure. You can bring up the injuries and feel like that's a problem. If you don't, if you feel like, hey, like we can we can look at those injuries and just say like each one of those, we can just say like if well, we can say like this happened because of this and none of them are really his fault. So if you can get beyond that, abs are going in on, on Bo Byram and, and it, it is almost exactly the same mindset of. I'll ask you this, if Cole Caulfield deserves eight years in that amount. For what, and if you're going off of what he's done, do you not feel that Bo Byram is worth that? I, I completely do, completely do without hesitation. And now, see, wh- whether or not they do that is another question. And that's the thing. Like, I, I feel th- that Bo deserves that contract. But the difference in the two players, like, I keep hearkening back to the injury because Bo Byram right. was contemplating walking away from the game of hockey at one point because of his injury. And he's one or two hits away from being right back in that position again. With the concussions, that's the thing. With Cole Mm -hmm. Caulfield, you just tell him, drink more milk, work on them bones, boy, and then get back out there. But with Bo, it's a little bit more of a wait and see and precautionary. He's still young. He's still basically in his formative years. So if I I fully agree with you on the point that, yes, he's a $7, $8 million player. But mm-hmm. you would hate for the Avalanche with – we've been talking about the cap, and yesterday we talked about it only going up a million with Nathan McKinnon's contract coming up. Well, th- that's very real. Yes. And you would hate for tomorrow we all wake up, Bo Byram signs a $7 million deal. Wow, that's great. 20 games in, we yeah, play Vic. I know, I know. But, but, but you... then you're going to be looking and you've – you're going in your second season without Gabe Landeskog. You, yeah. you have the Nachushkin injuries last year, his absence in the playoffs. It's who are you paying to stay home when you're trying so hard to put a team together? You're up against the cap. You didn't do anything at the trade deadline last year because you really couldn't afford to make any moves, pick up free agents, haven't had a loud offseason in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the cap being such a problem. This will be three players if Bo goes down again. Like you're sitting there at the end of the year, you're paying guys to sit home in shorts 
and your team is just scraping to get to the end. We used so many Colorado Eagles last year to get the season going, to get to the trade deadline. You just hate to see it happen again. This is why I just say Bridget and see if he could put together more games, more consistent, see how he reacts to everything. And then I say pay him eight. There would be no problem after the bridge is over. See, but the thing is, like, this is this is you, you look at what Montreal is doing, and it's it's kind of I mean, in a way, it's almost similar to what the, the Avalanche did with Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. and his deal that just ran out. You know, so look at if you look at the number, right? Caulfield, what I say was it was seven, seven point something uh 7.85 7.85 yeah so you know if he outplays that number that's a steal that is an absolute steal especially with the cap going to go up and with nathan mckinnon you know when he signed that deal he was nowhere near the nathan mckinnon that we know now that's true nowhere near it but what did they do they went in on him feeling like they knew what they had and he will eventually become what he is. So you go and you take that chance. And what happened? That was the best contract in hockey hands down. And now that's over. So you got him for at at a bargain. And that's what you do. If you go, if you feel like this guy is going to be part of your system for, for the future, you lock him up. At a number, and if Bo By- and, and that's what you do with Bo Byron, in my opinion, you lock him up for a number. If if it's in the the six million dot six to seven million dollar range, I don't know what it could be now that Caulfield signed this. But even if it is the exact same contract as as Cole Caulfield, which I don't feel it's going to be, I know the numbers are a little bit different. And, and Montreal is up against the cap too. It's not like they have all this money in the world. But you sign these deals for these guys, and you do you take a chance. The, the, the chance is very, very real. And, and if they outplay it, you look like a genius, like the Avalanche just did with the Nathan McKinnon one. You run that risk. And for a guy like Bo Byram, I take that risk. I, I don't even hesitate to take that risk. I understand everything that comes with it. And if, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. And, and that, that's a, wrong, a, a bad thing to be wrong about. But I think there's a lot of people out there feeling like, man, a Cole Caulfield can cash in like that, Bo Byram is, is up next. And there's I saw some people on, on Twitter saying, like, Bo Byram's never getting an eight-year deal. Watch. It, it very, very well could happen. Very, now, the only reason that it might not is because of what the number situation is. And the bridge is still in play here. I'm not trying to say this is a done thing. It's still in play. But I just feel like, you know, th- this this to me, this is Nathan McKinnon 2.0. You give him, you lock him. The Nathan McKinnon deal was a seven-year deal. Uh, if you want to give him that, that's fine. But I think Bo Byram is not going anywhere for a long time. And this deal for Caulfield kind of just solidifies that for me. For me, Yeah, I completely, like, when you're talking potential, he's worth every penny. But yep. when you're looking backwards at evidence, that's where it gets really, really tricky. Yeah, And then it's, it's, it's a fine line that you have to play. And where the Avalanche sit? That's that's the question that we're asking. Stuff. It's tough. So you have to a lot of stuff to work around to to do that, um, and we'll see how it how it all plays out for them. So maybe this is the first domino to fall. Uh, maybe we see some more of it as the days go on. 
Uh, all right, let's hear from eBay Motors, and then we'll get into uh, the new coach for the Anaheim Ducks. Might be a familiar-sounding name to some Avalanche faithful. But for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around just add your car to the my garage tab and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. All right. So the name Greg Cronin is probably familiar to a lot of Avalanche fans. He has been the AHL Colorado Eagles coach for a while now. And you heard his name getting thrown around specifically to the Anaheim Ducks pretty quickly after the season was over and that is a reality now they went out and and they signed him and i think it's a great hire not only just because he's you know within the avalanche system but i like this stuff i like i yeah. like when when guys are are you know given a shot um and it's like we'll get to it in a second here this you know revolving door of coaches which seems to just you know continue is carousel of coaches uh, that, that just seem to always find another job even though they didn't really prove anything they're in their last one another team thinks they're gonna strike gold um but you you, you feel good for a guy like cronin to to be able to take a, a team and i like that it's a young team yeah so you know he can grow with them it's not like he took over you know like pittsburgh or something like that where it's like you got to win now that's a lot of pressure on someone coming in just to do that. Um, but I think they're going to allow him, you know, some, some leeway here. They're not expecting miracles in, in year one, but he's the kind of coach where you, you could get a better season than what you're expecting simply because of, of him and what he can get out of his players. Yeah. Greg Cronin, he was the head coach for the Eagles from like 2018 Never had a losing season with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Had some really good teams with the Eagles. Hey, but before that, he had some assistant time with the Toronto Maple Leafs right, and the yep. New York Islanders. So yeah. he's got a taste of both worlds. And as a head coach, I mean, it's one of those chicken and the egg. Like, those Eagles teams are really good. Who was really good? Was it his coaching ability as a head coach? Because he was at Northeastern before that as a head coach. And it was it was pretty good for them for him there but i'm excited to see him in anaheim cronin and zegris let's go baby <laughs> and uh I, it's a great opportunity for him he's going to be a great head coach he's going to be a great fit you already see the reaction around the ducks they know what yeah. they're getting it's going to be sad i'm interested to see who fills the void in loveland but mm -hmm. good luck to greg um who uh who was it? So, someone was talking about it on on Twitter. I think there's an assistant that they have that they feel like. Uh, yeah, I think Megan me. Megan was talking about it from DNVR was talking about it. Um, 
she feels like there, there was a, an assistant. I think that they might just hand it over to him. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but it'll be me. You got it. Yep. Taking the reins. All right. I'm announcing it now. <laughs> All right. Good. Nice to know. Hey, breaking news here. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, if, and this clearly was never close to happening, but if, if something like Jared Bednar just decided, Hey, like I, I want to stand the cup. I don't really, you know, I, I'm done. I'm good. Um, I, I kind of feel like the avalanche would have just promoted. Yeah. Cronin, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like they, they're not in that, that business of going out and just, they proved it when, when they, when they hired Bednar. So it's kind of like Cronin, Cronin had to deal with a lot of what the avalanche had to deal with at the NHL level this year. Yeah. And I don't want people to forget that he had a revolving door of players too, constantly going up to the, to the big show and coming back down. And, and they had a very good season yeah. for the Eagles. And that's a lot of credit to him. So as many players that the Avalanche had coming in and out of the, the, the roster, so did he. And, and they don't just send guys down to the AHL uh, because they're not performing well at the, the NHL level. <clears throat> when they send them back down there, they're, they're sent down there with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's to go work on this. And that's what he seemed to do brilliantly. Yes, is get so much out of whatever roster he had, and does that not sound like Jared Bednar? Yeah. So it seemed like they were like, uh, you know, Bednar one and Bednar two, one at the NHL level, one at the AHL level, and it'll be sad that he's gone. And um, I think another thing that that she was saying was, um, Malinsky specifically came to the the Avalanche world because of him, because he could learn from him. And kind of fine tune his game. I mean, now come, coaches come and go, though. I mean, you yeah. can't expect you know every single coach that you play for at this level to remain there forever. But maybe you know it's a little bit. But you can't fault the guy. It's a, it's a pro level coaching gig, and you had to take it. Yeah, I'll be quietly cheering for him and finding success in the head coaching realm in the NHL. Yeah. So good luck to him. Um, on the other front, another former av coach with uh patrick wah uh he he i i know he wants to get back in the league i don't think he's made any bones about it that he's ready to come back into the nhl and coach and for whatever reason he's just not getting the time of day and the latest are the new york rangers who seem to be interviewing everybody under the sun are you up for that one too because the the rangers just seem to be interviewing everybody uh no you're not up for that one. Okay. I couldn't do that. Yeah, it's bright lights. Uh, <laughs> but for whatever reason, they are not interested in interviewing Patrick Waugh. And I don't understand why not. If this is his playing days still like in his, his attitude on the ice in his playing days, and that's why people are afraid of it, you're, you're not paying attention to what he's doing in the coaching ranks, and you didn't pay attention to what he did when he was a professional coach with the Avalanche, which was a mighty fine job. I wonder how much of his exit from Colorado still lingers in front offices. Maybe, but... Because he but, left right before the season started. Yeah, I think the, the timing of it was horrible. Um, but the reasoning, I think, you know, if you're going to really dive into it, um, he just wanted more of a say. Who doesn't and get along with Joe Sackick, though? It, I mean, it was a very, very odd situation. I'm not going to deny it. It was terrible, terrible timing. Um, and it, but, you know, come on. 
there, there, there's other guys around the league that are getting second, third, fourth, eighth chances and that, that can't get into the playoffs. And Patrick Waugh, who had a really good stint the one time he was there, if you're going to hold that against him, how come all of a sudden we're being self-righteous on how we're we're gonna hire coaches and forget about the track record of some of these other coaches that just seemingly to get get a new job at the snap of their finger i don't get it now see like if the, if we were talking about montreal this mm-hmm. would be more of an interesting like what is really going on here just patrick wall and the rangers just nothing about it just seems i to think fit. that's oh no <sighs> I think that is a match made in heaven. He, w- the New York media would love him. That, the New yeah. York fans would love him. Get, no, I think he, that is a absolute perfect match. If you ask he's me, he's always felt like Montreal or Vegas. You really think he would go coach Montreal? Do you really I, think he would after just the way to, he left? Just them? to go in there and like dance on their grave and be like, "This is my team now." <laughs> like he would have a blast. That would be that. I, I, you know what? I think. Well, you know, Martin St. Louis is doing a fine job there. It's not yeah. like the job is open, but if it were, um, I think I think he would take it. Yeah, I think he would take it. So. I don't know. What do you think, people? Are you with us and just uh, you feel like he should get another shot? And I think at some point he will. I think at some point he will. Um, but for whatever reason right now, just it seems like people don't want to go near him. I don't even know if he's gotten an interview. I don't know if he has with any of the openings right now. Yeah, his name you know. always pops up every offseason. But pops I up in the media. Yeah. But doesn't pop up in, in interview rooms. And he's he's looking like he's having fun where he is right now. So yeah, no, he does, he does. So he's killing it there. All right, uh, and the last bit we want to get to is uh, my ongoing feud with ESPN and and uh, people. I, I said it when then this this deal was initially signed with them. I was not enthused about it, and everybody else was. This is going to be the greatest thing in the world for hockey. It's ESPN. It's ESPN machine. Um, and, and I told you then they're going to bury it. They're going to bury it on the Ocho and we're not that far from it. Uh, this is not to that level in terms of like how, you know, they're, they're, they're promoting the, the league or presenting the league. And there's a lot of cuts going on right now in Disney and ABC and, and ESPN. And one of them was, was Chris Chelios. And I've always been a Chris Chelios fan. Yeah. I know he, he, you know, is years with the Red Wings and, you know, we all know Red Wings and Avalanche fans, even though it was decades ago, still have that little bit of hatred towards each other. I never had that for Chris Chelios. Yeah. Um, and and I, I've always liked him in the studio. And he is one of the latest ESPN cuts. So whatever their in-studio crew is going to look like next year, it's not going to include him. And I you think know, that's a little bit of a shame. It is a shame, but I feel like this writing was on the wall for Chelly when they brought PK on because he brought such energy mm-hmm. to that studio crew. And honestly, like this is no knock to the guy. I know I know what he's doing. I know what he's going through. It doesn't feel like he really wanted to be there at all. Like it felt like Messier was trying to get him like going every time they would come back from a commercial I mean, 
So probably because he 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 sees what ESPN's yeah. doing. He's like, why am I going to put in the effort if they're not? Yeah. Uh, if TNT's smart, they hire him tomorrow and yes. throw him on that on that panel in there. And and because I he he is different. Like you can't have a panel full of PK Subans, right? Because yeah. that's just that's way too much way too going much. on at one. Like you have PK, and I like PK doing what what he's doing. I I, I like him. He, he's obviously very knowledgeable. And then you have Messier, who's the name, who's obviously knowledgeable. And Chelios was that just calm, demeanored guy, which I like too. So I thought it was a good dynamic. And over on TNT, you got Biz, who's the the whack job, who's just going to say whatever's on his mind. Fine, that's great. And you need a guy to combat that. And they have that over there. You know, that, that, That's a very good panel that they have over there. Where Chelios would fit, I don't know, but it would just be another – because, you know, they're not there every single day. Like, Gretzky's yeah. not there every single day and every single time that they're they're showing hockey. So he'd just be a guy that they have, and, and he's there when they need him to be. So I think it'd be a smart move if he wanted to do it. But I, I, I think it's funny how you're saying, like, he just seemed like he didn't want to be there. I wouldn't either. Because the way ESPN is handling hockey is kind of laughable, and I saw it coming from the time they signed on the dotted line. And I hate that you're right with this because I'm so right with this. Growing up, so, right so in this. love with that theme song, like it was this weekend. Yeah. I was like, you know what? There's nothing going on. Let me pull up some ESPN docs on hockey. You know how easy it is to find Premier League lacrosse, contrary to hockey content yeah. right now on ESPN. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, 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 I'm flipping through. And I'm like, oh, Chris is right, and I hate it, and I'm never going to tell him. But I guess I'm telling him right <laughs> now. Tell, yeah, I mean, I, I. I know how espn operates and they got everybody excited because we're bringing the theme song back cool i can go listen to that anytime i want on youtube uh <laughs> i'd really like to hear it on your network more than i do and i don't so i uh, and and just you know if if espn not wanting to move the the baseball game the middle yeah. of may baseball game when we have four more, five more months of baseball for playoff hockey, what does that tell you? If that doesn't tell you, I don't know what will. But have you but, watched baseball with a pitch clock now? It's so much fun. Great. <laughs> and I can watch 10,000 games of it throughout the, the course of one season. But, man, I don't know. Um, so we'll see where he goes. If he, you know, and maybe, you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek me saying like uh, he, he was showing that he was disinterested because it was ESPN, but maybe, I don't know. I didn't see that, but if, if you feel like he did, maybe he just wants to get out of it. Maybe now. he's going to the Rangers. Whoa. Whoa. Is he, is he looking to get into the coaching ranks? I mean, all of his Taki peers, all of his left TNT. Yeah. All of yeah. his peers are putting on the suit and finding a place in the front office. I mean, Chelly's demeanor and his knowledge, I think this might be the time for Why him not? to stop that revolving door. Yeah. Get somebody like get somebody fresh, some fresh ideas, fresh faces. I like it. I like where you're going with that one, man. Let's let's ride that. But you know, and I, I honestly I wonder if that was crossing his mind a lot this year, watching the carousel in motion and watching hmm. some of these coaching decisions being made. Because a lot of his analysis is on the coaching side and what he would do in these moments. It's mm -hmm. how he breaks it down. I wonder if that is going through his mind right now. 
or maybe even just an assistant job. Maybe he just yeah. wants to start somewhere on the bench and and go from there. We'll see. We'll see where he ends up. But uh, wherever he ends up, whoever gets him, they're, they're getting a good guy. I've always, I've always had a, a good feeling about Chris Chelios. So. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with anything that's breaking. This Bone Byram contract right around the corner. We shall see. Uh, but what do you think? Comment away in the comment section if this changes your feeling or vibe on what's going to happen with Bo Byram as far as the Coke Caulfield contract goes. All right. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.